You're listening to the Mike Hosking Breakfast Podcast from Newstalk ZB. In France, which is not one of the 10 happiest places in the world, Catherine Field, a very good morning to you. Good morning to you, Mike. Now, uh, have I oversold this? Is it high drama as we speak? Is, is Macron on the edge? He's worried, I think we can say. Within the next 10 minutes, we're going to get that vote from Parliament. Uh, this vote of no confidence that's been pushed by members of the centrist parties in Parliament. Uh, unlikely that it will pass, but not impossible. I, certainly what we've been hearing over the weekend, Mike, is that Macron has completely changed his argument for this pension reform. At the start, he was saying it needed to be fair, it needed to have something in it for everyone, that we would all get the same at the end of the day. Uh, now, the message coming from him and from the finance ministry is that if it doesn't pass, then President Macron is bequeathing the next generation a deficit of around 257 billion New Zealand dollars over the next 10 years. He said that if the bill does pass, then the pension pot will be self-funding by 2030. And that's what he wants to pass on to the next generation. Um, will he pass? If he gets through this vote of no confidence, Mike, nevertheless, he'll be weak. It'll be difficult for him uh, to push through some of the other legislation coming up, immigration, labour reform. But it's also a reminder to him, Mike, you know, that it ain't so easy when you've got a parliament that's made up of 11 different parties. Yep. And that's something he's got a few more years to deal with. That constitutional trigger they pulled the other day, is that uncool? Is that broadly seen as, you know, come on, if you haven't got the numbers, you don't go playing tricks like that? Well, yeah, that's what the opposition is saying. Essentially, they're saying it's it's democratic, it's in the Constitution, you can do it, lots of French governments do it, prime ministers do it all the time. It's just not in the spirit of mm. democracy. You take that a bit further and it's really you get down to what Emmanuel Macron is like as a politician and the idea comes down, well, not very good because he didn't really look after his own political party. He didn't push it along. He didn't support it through the last parliament. So when we had those new elections a year ago, they failed to get the majority. So it really does, does comes down to him that perhaps if he'd nurtured Parliament more, nurtured his MPs more, they might have got nudged it through uh, and might have avoided having Marine Le Pen in the far right and, of course, the hard left on the other side, mm -hmm. getting so many seats in the Parliament. Okay. Talk to me about banks. How are we feeling this morning? Uh, well, the day started here a little bit nervous, Mike, have to say. Uh, you know, it's been a weekend where we've seen European Central Bankers meeting again when they should have been away. But uh, I think that, you know, there's nervousness rather than a scare. All the markets ended the day here up slightly, which you know, was, wasn't a given at the start of the day. But we have seen that show of force today from central bankers, the Bank of England, European Central Bank, Swiss National Bank, all saying that they would stand by the banks, that the banking system is well-funded, and that if need be, uh, they will all step in to preserve price stability and financial stability. I mean, certainly, the, what they are saying, Mike, is this is not 2008. These are not rotten investments. It might look bad. It's not good that UBS has had to take over credit scores, but we're not in a recession and we're nowhere near what we went through in 2008.
Always a pleasure, Catherine. Catch up next Tuesday. Catherine Field, who is in France this morning. By the way, his piece in the Financial Times, I believe rerun by um, the Herald yesterday. This is this 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 pension thing, 62 to 64 in France. Uh, it, it starts every now and again, a country has a nationwide debate that produces actual learning. And he goes on to talk about the, the French debate and, you know, whether you should retire. And the rich should work longer and the poor should retire earlier. And it's all part of this this golden decade thing I've told you about before. That, In other words, when you get to 62 in France, you've got from 62 to 72 or thereabouts, on average, to actually enjoy yourself. Your kids are gone. You might have some grad kids. You can get out and travel. You've still got your health, etc. And, of course, he, he makes a very salient argument this bloke in the Financial Times, about the, the, the poorer people, the people who choose careers versus the people who are forced to have a job. Job versus career. A job, uh, they are not careers. At 60, you might still be scrubbing floors for the minimum wage. Low-paid workers often have miserable commutes. A triumph was arising, uh, arriving home shattered before the kids fell asleep. If that's your working life, retirement probably feels like liberation. But many of the low-paid acquire a disability or chronic illness by their early 60s. Uh, in Gallup's latest annual State of the Global Workplace report, 44% of workers, 44, which is an all-time high, described experiencing stress a lot, and only 21% felt engaged at work, and it's no wonder that we've seen the big quit. If we need people to work longer, he argues, we'll have to improve their experience, which is the whole French thing. Get into life the golden decade at 62. It's well worth reading, actually. May well change your mind. Simon Cooper, Financial Times. Why the higher paid should work longer than the rest. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.